At Cool Air Products, we developed AC Smart Seal Quick Shot with professionals in mind. It's the only product on the market that's three in one, with sealant, lubricant, and UV dye all in a single application. It's non toxic, non flammable, 100% safe to the touch, eco friendly, and compatible with all refrigerants. It's a safe solution option, backed by years of R&D, Intertech tested, and has sealed millions of leaks. AC Smart Seal, the professional's choice. So when we run an air conditioning system, dehumidification system, we are collecting moisture out of the air and condensing it. That condensation needs to go somewhere. We need to get rid of it in an efficient way where we are not going to cause damage to property. Now, if you talk to some people in insurance, they'll tell you that water damage is the new fire damage because water damage is kind of taken over from fire damage. So we're going to talk to Sean Holloway here from Rector Seal about condensate management and why it's important, different ways to go about managing it, why we need to manage it properly, and some ways we can do it. So let's get to it, guys. This is the HVAC Know It All podcast. I'm your host, Gary McCready. This podcast is sponsored by The Master Group, and they carry a big lineup of Yellow Jacket products, one of them being the Yellow Jacket Brute Manifold analog gauge set. Now, I did a little video the other day about calibrating your gauge back to zero using atmospheric pressure. And there was a lot of debate upon it saying it's, it's wrong. And, and But the, the way other people were saying, it, it's still right. It's just a longer process because you need to hook your gauge up to a tank of refrigerant. You need to get the actual temperature of the space that you're working in. Make sure that your temperature probe is is calibrated and it's correct as well, right? Then once you get the temperature and you get the pressure on your PT chart, you can match it to the pressure that it's supposed to be on your gauge and you can calibrate your gauge that way. A very quick and easy way to do this is doing it, calibrating it to atmospheric pressure instead of refrigerant tank pressure. So basically all you do is take your hoses off, you open up your valve, you allow atmospheric pressure, okay, in, into the gauge and you zero it. Because basically atmospheric pressure at sea level is 14.7 PSI, okay? Minus, and that's absolute pressure. So if you have absolute pressure minus 14.7 PSI, that equals zero gauge pressure. So that's your reference is your atmospheric pressure and you dial it back to zero once it's open to atmosphere. And it's also a legit way to do this. And this is the way I've done it through my whole career. And I've taken digital gauges and matched them against my analogs to show that they were reading the same. So no harm, no foul there. So check out master.ca and all their yellow jacket products. This podcast is sponsored by Cintas and they provide uniform solutions to blue collar trades like HVAC, like refrigeration, like plumbing, so on and so forth. Now, if you're looking for uniform solutions, they got Carhartt stuff. They got uniform rentals where they're cleaned for you. They have the Comfort Flex Pro brand that I've talked about that is stretchy, it's breathable, and it allows you to go down like a pant size or two from what I'm told. And, and I've got samples, I've worn it. It is very comfortable to wear to work. So if you're looking for some uniform solutions, check out Cintas and check out our landing page, cintas.com forward slash HVAC know it all. Welcome to the HVAC Know-It-All Podcast. Recorded from a basement somewhere in Toronto, Canada. 
Your host on HVAC Tech, Gary McCready, will take you on a deep dive into the industry discussing all things HVAC. From storytelling to technical discussion. Enjoy the show. All right, Sean, condensate management is a, to me, it's a massive thing because it can it can cause damage to uh, a home, a building, and, and costs a lot of money for the homeowner. And, and not just the money, but the aggravation of going through a repair that condensate or water has caused. Let, let, me, let me get your thoughts on how important condensate management is, and, and we'll continue the conversation. Well, any contractor who has any business, their, their relationship with their customer is really important. And so water damage is just something that n- nobody wins. The building owner, homeowner, certainly the contractor who gets blamed for bad product or bad installation, it's just a colossal waste of time for everybody. And we want to help everyone, all professionals, do everything they can to avoid water damage. Yeah, for sure. Before we get into this, I'm going to give yourself uh, a second or, or two to, introduction, to, to introduce yourself, but I want to tell you a story of, so last week I was installing a ductless split, and for the very first time, I've always seen it in a box on the shelf at the supplier. I've, I've seen other techs online using it, and that's the, your mighty bracket for hanging ductless units. Now, I had never used it before, and I was working with a uh, master group who's a supplier up here. We were doing kind of like this sort of, uh, we had a videographer out and we were filming the whole thing and the guy took it out of the box and set it up and I looked over at it. I'm like, it's just two pieces that hang on the the bracket. I thought there was a whole setup to it. It was so easy to set up. I couldn't believe how easy it was to set up. And we were, we were going on the left-hand side. So we drilled our hole outside on the left-hand side of the head, which makes our connections in behind the actual head itself, and then we push it against the wall where most people will make them on the right. They'll bend their connections out and shove their connections through the wall. So I made a little video of showing that I was using this, and <laughs> it was so it was so polarizing to see the comments come in. And I don't think a lot of people understood that I was going on the left-hand side, and the people that did, they're like, ah, just throw a roll of duct tape in there, hang it on the top bracket, and then put a roll of duct tape in there and you give yourself a couple inches to work. Well, listen, using that thing, using that mighty bracket, literally gave me 12 inches of space, top to bottom, to move that thing right off the wall and make all my connections without cutting my hands, without being able to swing a wrench. So I just want to say that the product to me is like a game changer when you're going through that left side. I've never used it on the right side, so I can't talk to that yet. But I mean, I thought it was an incredible product. And I just couldn't believe the amount of (laughs) polarization around it. But I think a lot of people understood how it can be utilized to make your life a lot easier. Just I I just thought I'd throw that in there because it was the first time I used it. And I I thought it was just baffled to me how easy it was to set up. Anyway, yeah, well, that's a great product that we developed around 10 years ago or so, just from talking to contractors who said, look, man, installing these, you know, we're, we're kinking copper tubing. It's a pain. We got to put it, hang it on our shoulder. If we're trying to do it by ourselves or we set it on two ladders, you know, we occasionally drop the indoor unit and damage someone's tile or marble floor. And we, you know, damage our, our equipment that we just bought that we just, you know, we're going to sell and install to this customer. So, we the product development team on that just did a brilliant job of uh, getting feedback and playing around with different things until we perfected that design 
And a lot of people look at it and don't really know what it is. You know, it's it's really like a ladder, though. You you know, you use it during the installation and you put it back in the truck for the next installation. So some people look at it and they're like, well, that's a funny looking, uh, you know, wall bracket. But that's not meant to stay there. That's just for the indoor unit to, to help you install it. So I know you know that, but, uh, you know, for the audience wanted to make it clear. And so, you know, things like that also gave us an idea for different products. And that's that's part of the. Uh, you know, part of what my job is, is to talk to contractors, find out what we should be doing differently. What products should we, you know, do they wish that someone would develop or make? We also interact with uh, contractors who are inventors who have ideas, you know, because we're always looking to partner with people who are undercapitalized or they want to sell their idea or have a, a, a big company master distributed or something like that. But, you know, flexible connectors that what you're talking about, we make no kink, which is corrugated stainless steel hose and that's where that idea came from was that sort of thing. So anyway, that's a cool story. Glad you told me about it. Yeah, no, I was just, it was not, I don't want to keep on this topic, but I just thought it was, it was really interesting how easy it was to set up. That was what blew my mind because I thought there was a whole setup process for that bracket. I'll have to check out the comments because, um, you know, I, I'm kind of an enthusiast for automotive. It's always interesting to see that the opinions of like flushing engine oil, cleaning fuel systems. People have some very emotional, you know, guys who are like oh, work yeah. on cars and race cars. Very emotional. <laughs> so you got a lot of opinions, you know, what type of oil to use and all that sort of stuff. So this is, you know, in the same vein, you know, guys who work on AC and install, uh, they're going to have opinions if they've done it one way and done it well and learn, learn their own mistakes. So I'll, I'll yeah, I agree. So we're going to have this condensate management conversation and we'll talk about condensate I guess from start to finish, why it's there, how to get rid of it, ways to mitigate it from causing damage. Give yourself just a 30 second intro, Sean, if you would, please. Oh, yeah. Well, I already kind of started that, but I've, I've been with Rector C over, over 17 years. And um, we were a very old plumbing manufacturing company, thread sealant. So part of what I've been involved with is helping us expand our HVAC business and refrigeration. And so uh, over time, we've become a, a big HVAC company. And my job really is just to, to find out from contractors what, we, what they think of us, what they think of our products, what we should be doing differently. And I uh, am a kind of a liaison for our product development team. So we have uh, product managers and, uh, who interface with our marketing department, purchasing, engineering, and chemistry lab. And so, um, you know, I go out and talk to contractors and find out what we should be doing differently and what we're doing right. Sweet. Cool. All right. So condensate. I think we need to start at the very beginning. I mean, condensate, and I'm sure mostly everybody knows this, there might be some new techs or or new apprentices, students in the trade that don't fully understand or grasp the fact where the water comes from. And for for those techs, for though, I guess they're not techs yet. They're just, they're, they're, they're entry level apprentices, I guess, if you will, for lack of a better term. But I mean, we cool down we get this evaporator coil cold and because we get it cold and it's below the dew point of the air, we are going to attract water vapor that's going to condense into liquid and it's going to collect. So after that collection of this liquid, we now have to manage that liquid. And that's where this conversation is going to kind of educate us on different ways to do that. So, I mean, what are your thoughts? We collect moisture in a pan, water in a pan, and now we got to get rid of it. What 
what is our next steps here? Well, the simplest way to explain the problem, the problem is water damage. I mean, water destroys floors, walls, ceilings, anything that it touches. Even if it's in a basement, it can be a problem, especially if it's a finished basement. But the reason I'm holding up this cup, this is a plastic cup with ice in it and, uh, and water. And so even though it's a cool condition space in here where I'm sitting, like you talked about the dew point, we've now got a condensation. I don't know if you can see it on the camera or not, but yeah, I can see it. Yeah, I can see it. Yeah, this sucker is dripping, dripping water. So the like what you talked about when we're blowing, uh, flowing warm air across a, a cold coil, we're going to make condensate, and that really has to get out of there and get and get out of the system in a safe place, which is either uh, outside of the building or home or into a sanitary sewer system more commonly, you know, into a drain. It's interesting, too, you know, how air conditioning got started. It was really dehumidification. You know, the Willis Carrier story, uh, Bill Carrier was trying to, working at a paper manufacturer, I think, and humidity was a problem. So they were really trying to dehumidify the area where the paper was supposed to dry. And so a lot of what air conditioning is, is just dehumidification, right? So uh, that condensate is a big, big problem. So we, we make all kinds of products, and there are several other manufacturers who make stuff. But um, we want to do everything we can do to help contractors avoid water going into a place where it's not supposed to go. And that's either into a pipe, into a drain, or at the worst case scenario, if the pipe is clogged into a pan that can either shut off the unit from making more condensate, because if the AC is not running, compressor is not running, we're not going to make any more cold, you know, the refrigerant's not going to make the coil cold. Or we have that safety pan drain off into a, a drain. So uh, either normal operation, water flowing through a pipe into a drain, or, you know, if there's a problem with a clog, which always happens at some point, if you don't maintenance the, the drain pipe, then it collects into a, a an area where there's a shutoff system. That's where our, you know, different switches and products come into play. And then if that fails and you got water flowing into a safety pan or secondary pan. So there's a lot of different ways we can go about it. But, you know, that's why we make different types of switches. So we make primary, and this isn't just rector seal, but we make primary pan switches that are inline, secondary port switches that plug the secondary port of the primary pan, and pan edge switches that clip onto the edge of the safety pan. And then just floor switches that you can just throw into a flat area of a pan or on the floor next to, to a, a, an air handler. So all kinds of different products to shut off the condensing unit. And we like really like to wire it up so you shut off both the fans and the, uh, and the condensing unit so that the customer, the inhabitant of the uh, occupied space immediately knows that there's a problem. Because sometimes they get confused if you still got air blowing out of a grill register or diffuser. Okay, so I'm we're, I'm going to come back to the pan and all that stuff. So I I just want to take this condensate journey from 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 kind of start to finish because I mean a lot of people get confused on the p trap thing. Now I mean there's a lot of let, let's let's leave positive airflow out of this equation for a minute because we have a lot of air handlers or even rooftops. You'll see that there's there's positive air there, there's air pressure pushing out of the drain itself. And a lot of those times, you don't see traps on them. You just need to have it connected to some sort of drain line. And the, the actual pressure of the machine will push that water out. But if you have a negative, a negative 
drain. So basically the fan or the drain is on the negative side of the fan. So it's sucking air in. Now, if you're sucking air in, how do you get water out? Now, that's where we go to the, the P-trap. The P-trap, and, and it's got, we're not going to talk about P-trap sizing, but there's sort of, um, there's a go-to document online. It's just a picture and it, it's got some calculations on it on how to size a P-trap properly based on the inches of, uh, based on the negative pressure of the air, right? You take your negative pressure of the air, you have such and such inches of water column, you, you size your P-trap accordingly. But because we're sucking air into the air handler, that water, like if you pull a P-trap off, if, if you pull a P-trap off of uh, a machine, you can see the water on, on the, the outside of that drain just kind of gurgling and it's not really flowing out because that air is sucking it back. So P-trap, and I'll get your thoughts on this, we'll, we'll throw a P-trap on there properly sized, we'll prime it up, fill it with water. Now that the P-trap is primed, air cannot suck itself back in to create that negative pressure on the trap because that water is blocking it. So now the water can easily flow out. So what are your thoughts on the P-trap and, and how well they work to maintain condensate management? Yeah, and, the, and those applications, that's what they're there for. The weight of the water is there to overcome the static air pressure from the, the air handler to keep water from flowing, you know, prevent air from being sucked back in and, and uh, keep the water flowing in the correct direction. So simple as that and we make different it's important like what you talked about we make some deep traps too because certain types of equipment need a deeper trap have more water in there to overcome that that static pressure mm -hmm. and, and i'm going to take the conversation a bit because i've seen i was <laughs> i was on a job site about a month ago and there was a plumber putting some traps onto uh, a couple of rooftop units and he was gluing them all and i'll be 100 transparent is my a glued p trap is one of my biggest pet peeves because i mean if you're just using some plastic pipe i mean it'll fit together and it's not coming apart from water pressure uh that the gravity that the water is flowing out at it's it's not going to pull apart i like my p traps unglued so i can pull them off the machine take them apart and clean them out if need be but this guy was gluing them all and if you glue them but have a clean out that's a different story it, it, it was fine so there was, they were glued with no clean out. So there was absolutely no way to, to remove it except to cut the thing off because it was a threaded connection onto the unit, but there was no way to spin it because there was obstacles in the way of spinning it around to get it off. Do you have any thoughts on a glued P-trap, clean outs, all that kind of stuff? Hey, what's up guys? So over the next few months, we're going to be tackling some UV education. Now, Apco X is a product manufactured by Fresh Air UV and I interviewed their vice president, Aaron Engel, at the CMPX show back in March, and they're stepping up to the game to provide us some educational content and some products to install in some people's homes to do maybe some mini case studies and some installation videos. So look for that content coming soon and hoping to get Aaron on the podcast to talk about UV lights and some misconceptions and so on and so forth. So stay tuned for UV light education coming your way. Company Cam is a product that allows businesses to get organized and not just businesses but the the people working for the businesses like the techs and and the salespeople and and the foreman and, and all that kind of stuff because if you're on a job site and you want to collect images and information and videos and voice memos whatever it is it all lands in one spot on company cam in the cloud so it doesn't take up space on your phone and anybody involved in that job can go into that specific job 
and get all that information. There's no looking for emails, looking for pictures, looking for information on your phone, sifting through it and, and trying to create emails and texts out of it. It's just all sitting right there. So check out Company Cam for this type of product. JB Warranties, we've talked about them for several months now. They are providing outside of OEM warranty products, aftermarket warranty. Provides labor coverage, provides part coverage for anything above and beyond the manufacturer's warranty, period. So if you're looking for peace of mind for your customers, they want to go down that route with extended warranty programs, look at JV Warranties because they provide that service. Well, again, user preference, just like you, are different from the guy who glues. But I will thank you for bringing that up because, you know, if you're a technician coming upon an installation that you did not install, you want to check and find out if it's glued or if it's just press fitted, because before you start blowing CO2 or nitrogen into a system, you know, into a condensate drain line, you don't want to blow anything up or splatter, you know, uh, yucky condensate uh, water and algae everywhere into some kind of a, a customer's sink and have stuff blow up. And, and then you got a big mess to clean up. And that's really not what, what you know, you guys get paid for. So, I will mention, too, that most of your audience is probably uh, subject to complying with the new code requirement for installing a drain uh, cleanout. So if it's a new installation, you really need to put some kind of an access fitting in there so that, you know, you or the next guy who comes and works on it doesn't have to cut the drain pipe in order to service it and maintenance it. So that's the International Mechanical Code uh, 307.2.5. So that's something that's important for your guys to know. Hey, when you're putting a new installation in, you need to either put, uh, you know, a, a condensate switch that has that, that meets that requirement of being a cleanout, or put a standalone fitting that is serves as a as a cleanout. Whether it's a one way flow or a directional cleanout, where you can control, uh, hey, I'm going to vacuum out from the air handler to this port, or I'm going to close that port and then push out. Or vacuum out from that the downstream side. So uh, there are a lot of different little products for that, but um, but that's an important thing for you to to bring up. I'm glad you talked about that because some the guys who like to glue make fun of the guys who who don't glue, and the guys like you who don't want to glue things they make fun of the guys who glue. So it's just good to to know what you're dealing with whenever you come up uh, into a new app a situation that you didn't do yourself. Okay, so let me add to that. Sorry, because I wasn't a hundred percent. I didn't. I, so my mind, because I've been in commercial for so long, it goes back to the commercial world of working on a lot of rooftop equipment. Because I spent a lot of time working on rooftop equipment. So when I said I don't like glue glued P traps, I was talking about rooftops, okay. especially. <laughs> okay, all right, because because you got to take those things. Because we're not worried about. Because um, I've seen a lot in in the U.S. A lot of. Um, drain lines or p-traps on rooftops are actually piped to a, a roof drain but that doesn't happen here you, you never see that here so it must not be a, a code of of sorts i guess right uh it's usually just draining onto the roof and hopefully the roof is designed in a way where the roof drains are in the correct spots to pick up all the water so it's on rooftop p-traps that i do not like to have have them glued but when it comes to inside somebody's home uh that's a different story because like you said, if you try to go blow that thing out with nitrogen or one of those tools, one of those guns that have the compressed CO2 or whatever is in them, um, yeah, you can blow that line apart if it's not glued together. So 
in, in a residential application, yeah, glue and put in a clean out somewhere where you can access it and clean it out. Because if you do have to blow it out and it's not glued, yeah, you could make a mess. And if it's someone's in someone's laundry room or something, they've got clothes hanging up, <laughs> you blow that thing apart, you send algae all over, uh, you, you know, somebody's suit or dress for work or something like that, that's not going to go over well. So I just wanted to clarify my point there, because there's probably some people shaking their head at me when and I'm glad you brought that up. So I mean, that's a debatable thing. And it's like one of those things we talked about earlier. It's like, I mean, you have so many opinions and so many, um, so many thoughts within the trade and people like this, people like that. And, and, um, I guess you got to do it your own specific way that kind of meets the application. Yeah. There's some things that are, you know, that are just can't be debated. And then things like this, where we just share the information and let you make your own decision on how to do it. Right. Mm -hmm. That's right. Uh, so I will add one thing. Since you talked about yeah, we, algae, you know, the, the very cause of what causes condensate lines to, to clog, I mean, I think it's a, worth mentioning a short little uh, explanation for guys who don't know. Uh, a lot of your audience already knows this, of course, but inside of a drain pipe is perfect conditions for algae. And this stuff is, is it just becomes like jello. And that's a, a very nice way of saying it. And it's real bad stuff. But it's like the deep end of a swimming pool. It's cool, it's dark, it's wet. Those are the three conditions needed for algae to grow. So as the inside of a dark pipe stays wet all summer, let's say, uh, you're making condensate in the cold evaporator coil, water's flowing through there. Eventually that stuff just builds up, like scale, but it just builds up. And when it clogs it enough to where you're making more water than you're uh, evacuating, that's when water backs up and then can can over overflow. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I, I've seen some like in some really humid places like Florida, I've seen videos of people pulling out slugs of algae that looked like they were alive. It was it was crazy, right? I guess, obviously, who that whoever was owned that equipment wasn't doing proper or annual maintenance, because if you stay on top of that stuff, I mean, it's pretty manageable, right? Absolutely. And that's our biggest market for our types of products, the pound for pound per capita, because of uh, the nature. It's sunny, you know, 11 and a half months a year, and it's the heat index is a, a certain, you know, high. So they're running the they're running their air conditioner like nine or 10 months a year and a couple of days during those other two months. So it stays like that all year long. And so you have a force multiplier uh, as opposed to, uh, you know, Manitoba or somewhere, Saskatchewan, a dry area, or drier, let's say. So you may, you know, be running, uh, have a two, three month summer season in Minnesota. We just don't have as many condensate uh, clogs in those areas because it may take four or five years of un unserviced pipe to clog up. Whereas in Florida, it'll be like four or five months if you don't do something to keep it, keep it cleaned out. Okay. So since we're on the topic of algae, what are your thoughts on maintaining something like that without it, like, I mean, I'm talking about not showing up and blowing it out when it clogs. I'm talking about proactive, yeah, proactive preventative maintenance to prevent the algae from growing in the first place. Well, there are drain pan tablets for the primary drain pan. There are uh, line treatments. So for example, we make a, a product that prevent it's an enzyme product it's not doesn't have microbiocides in it but it's when you're starting out with a clean pipe uh, this product keeps coats the inside of the of the pipe so that al it stays so slippery that algae never can stick to it and so we also make 
a biocide type product for drain lines where it's a liquid, you pour it in, and it actually is an EPA registered microbiocide. So that kills, you know, organic stuff from growing. So a couple of different ways to go at it for preventative. Of course, we don't ever recommend bleach or vinegar, even though those work for, you know, for clearing drain lines, but those are corrosive. They can damage. Certainly they're bad for evaporator coils if they ever get back into, you know, the, the air handler. And uh, they're bad for any kind of metal pipe, right? So there's, there's, you know, should always be, you know, professional HVAC guys should be using proper chemicals and, and treatment for preventative. Okay, cool. So let, let me take the conversation because you started talking about safety pans. And I think safety pans are important, especially if you're in an, like in an attic, like if you don't have a safety pan, then you're not doing a correct install, in, in my opinion, anyway, because at some point in time, if there's not maintenance done on that equipment, or even if there is still things happen, right? And that safety pan is your insurance to protect the homeowner's home and their property and their valuables and everything like that. Do you have any opinion on how big or how thick a safety pan should be? Because I'll tell you why I ask you that question. Because in the past, we've had safety pans under equipment that were that were really deep. Like I'm talking like two, three inches deep. And these were in attics and the attics are warm. And that was enough to allow the any sort of water that spilled out to evaporate mm-hmm. at some point. I'm going, I'm talking back like 15, 18 years ago. I'm not talking about now when we have new technologies out to actually pick up the fact that we have a drain pan issue, right? Mm -hmm. But it was enough to allow that water to evaporate out eventually, right? But now we have, I like we have devices that we can attach to a drain pan that will shut the AC down or, or, or something similar that could maybe alarm the, if, if we have a BAS or, or a, a mini building automation system, we can get these things for homes now and we can be alerted if, if that pan gets wet or something like that. So we can call in the contractor and go, okay, we got some water in our pan. We obviously have a, a leak in our, in our, in our AC system send somebody out before it gets worse. So give me your thoughts on the condensate pan scenario. Well, or sorry, not the condensate pan, the safety, the safety pan scenario. Yeah. Yeah. Um, to your point, just to, for clarification, there's the primary pan, which we're not talking about. Correct. We're talking about the pan underneath the equipment that is auxiliary to the equipment that sits underneath it. Yeah. yeah. And so there's, that's always a bugaboo of mine is to, to be as clear as possible. And there's three or four different names, probably more, but three or four that I hear often for that description of that pan, secondary pan, safety pan, emergency pan, and auxiliary drain pan, meaning it's not the primary pan, it's the auxiliary drain pan. So that, yeah, yeah that safety pan is, uh, is really important, even if you've got redundant concessions and you've you've taken great care to make sure that you don't have any water backing up or overflowing it's still good to have a safety pan and and a lot of jurisdictions that your viewers are going to be working in require a safety pan at the time of installation okay so in, in an attic let's say and so like you said you know doomsday scenario is hey i've i've installed safe you know safety switches and something happened, they don't work, and I've got water overflowing into a pan. Well, at least you have that, that auxiliary pan can 
retain water. And like you said, if it's if there's not a lot of water and it's a super hot, dry attic, which most of them are in summer, especially, uh, mm-hmm. then that that little bit of water will evaporate. But if there's a clog and you continue to make condensate water, the water will overflow that pan if you don't have a, a another switch. So like I mentioned uh, uh, briefly, there are pan edge switches that clip onto the edge of the pan, just like a horse trough float valve to keep the level, you know, a pressurized pipe filling a horse trough will fill up whenever the float lowers. And, and um, the pan edge switch will shut off the air, AC whenever the float rises. There's also a uh, pan flat pan switches. So, um, you know, the type of product that, uh, that we make and one other company makes where you just toss it into the uh, floor or the flat area of a pan. You don't have to mount it to anything. If the bottom of it gets wet, then that'll shut off the AC. And so those are, uh, those are uh, in the battle day, those are ways to address the auxiliary pan issue, you know, safety component of the, of the solution here. In, in the old days though, the safety pan was used, uh, in, especially in the deep South of the U S it was a metal pan that was pretty shallow, like an inch and a half, two inches, maybe at the most deep. But it had another pipe going out to uh, the exterior part of a, a house or a building, usually a residential installation, and it would drip over a conspicuous area, either uh, uh, the eave over a window or in condos, quite often it would be over a shower. And so you'd have this little stub of a pipe sticking out that most no one knew what it was even back then and so whenever it would start dripping the idea behind the the officials who make up the code council their idea was hey we'll help contractors avoid water damage because if if the homeowner building occupant ever sees water dripping out of this pipe they'll know wow something's wrong i got to call my ac man or i got to go clean this this primary drain line out because water should never be coming out of that pipe but that's really not what happened uh a lot of people didn't know what it was. They just thought, oh, well, my AC's running, so this water's dripping out, and that's just normal operation. Whether it was over a shower or outside over a window, they see water dripping out of this little pipe. You know, if you look outside of the window up under the roof, you see this little pipe coming out of the attic. And so that's really, uh, that design has diminished for the most part because now we have some very reliable products that can shut off the AC unit from making any new condensate whenever there's water in that pan. There should never be any water in that secondary, that auxiliary pan. So the, the, those are very sensitive applications. The, the products, the sensors that I was talking about and the switches, they can detect just the slightest little bit of water. Whenever there's any water in that pan, we want the whole AC to shut off. And so uh, you get a hot house, but at least you don't have water damage. Uh, so the house will be hot until you clear out the drain line and uh, AC comes back on whenever that float comes back down. Mm-hmm. Cool. I, I got two points to add to that. I've I've actually seen what you're talking about, but in a it wasn't residential. It was in a it was a it was a community center, and in the washroom there was a copper pipe coming down the wall, and it was it was elbowed out and dripping into the urinal. And when you look up, there was a piece of HVAC equipment. It was it was like a I think it was like a wooden ceiling, but it was it was like uh, planks of wood and you could see through the planks into the ceiling space and there was a piece of HVAC equipment up there and whatever the, the drain was attached to was coming down, 
and dripping into it wasn't dripping at that time but there was a line that was supposed to drip into the urinal so that was that was interesting i've never seen that before hopefully there was a label that said this water that drips out above is not urine you know (laughs) (laughs) no there's there's no label it looked like the it looked like the handyman from the community center installed it because it was it was like an old rotted piece of wood that it was mounted on um, and then screwed to the, the cinder block wall. So I, I don't know. And, and as, as far as in a larger application, you're talking about the things that you install in the pan that just pick up water if any water hits it. I've seen this in really big server rooms where it was actually, they, they take this, this kind of, of I, I don't know what the wire is called, but it looks like a yellow wire. And basically... They take it around the perimeter of the room and anywhere that has a floor drain. And if water hits it, this thing is so smart. It's got like a map and stuff, and it tells you the location of where the water is. So you look at the map, it gives you a number of how many feet it is from the beginning. And then you walk to that area and you lift up a tile because these things are are built on raised floors. You lift up a tile and there's the water right there like it, it it was a very smartly designed system and i'm not really sure how it knows where it is but it, i thought it was a, a pretty cool um little application to verify if there's water on the floor or not yeah real critical installations like that and that uh speaks to you know why this is so important when you've got a you know a server room with hundreds of thousands of dollars worth of sensitive electronic components you're paying all this money to to use electricity to keep it dehumidified. And then, uh, you know, if you got two bad things that can happen, you know, water damage can be catastrophic for ruining the computer servers. And then, of course, uh, if the AC has to shut off to prevent water damage, then you've got humidification problems. So quite often they'll have redundant systems that'll, that'll have another AC backing it up. But uh, yeah, those are really important, and that's a, that's a whole uh, uh, part of the industry right there is just uh, how to address the server room dehumidification and you know preventing water damage. Mm-hmm. So that kind of that's kind of a segue into what I was because uh, a lot of smaller server rooms are putting ductless systems in. There's there's a ton of them out there, and I'd like to talk to you about ductless condensate management because. There's the the easy one when it goes on the outside wall and we can just kind of shove our drain line outside and then bring it down the wall. That that one's pretty simple. But if it's on an interior wall or we can't get to an outside wall for whatever reason, we need to utilize a pump. Now, there's there's a, there's lots of pumps on the market. There's some pumps that are large where the drain line just, they actually expose the drain line down the wall and have the larger pump just kind of underneath it. But some people don't like that for the the aesthetics of the of the eyeball some people want the ductless mounted flush they don't want to see pipes they don't want to see drain lines they don't want to see nothing so we got to utilize a mini pump so maybe talk to us about uh, a mini pump installation because there's many ideas and different ways to install them like if we've got some negative lift on the mini pump we can put it up in a ceiling space some people like to try to hide them actually in the bottom of the the ductless like when you take the cover off in, in that bottom part of it, I've, I've seen um, some people talk about putting them in there. So give me your thoughts on ductless condensate management, if you would. Well, it's evolving. The, the, there are different mini pumps for different applications. So each, each type of product that's available has advantages and disadvantages. Uh, in Japan and in Europe, you know, they've been using ductless mini splits for lo- longer than we have here in North America. Yeah. And so what's interesting is in 2011, when we first started getting involved with it, 
there was a certain type of pump that we that we sell that we offered that was the most popular it was the cheapest one and uh it wasn't the smallest one and it wasn't the most versatile one but it was the lowest the, the one that cost us the least to make and that was the most popular one within three or four years the smallest one became the most popular seller interestingly so it's a little more expensive that you could remote it mountly above drop ceiling or behind a wall like you're talking about or even tuck it in behind the air handler inside the unit and then now what has happened is the one that is the most popular seller is uh, the one that's the most accessible and easy to service and maintenance. And so that's the one that you're talking about. It's right underneath the unit. And so uh, it's easy to clean. It's easy to install. And, yeah, very, very, and it yeah. looks like the evaporate. It looks like part of, you know, it's kind of a neutral color, same type color, that beige ivory looking color. That's the same color as most equipment manufacturers, indoor units. And so it's kind of interesting uh, that you bring that up because things have changed. And, you know, we, we continue to try to develop uh, new technology and make them versatile. But like I said, um, each one has advantages and disadvantages. We make one that uh, for, for um, that's like in, in concrete walls where you have to have, like you're talking about, you have the duct. We, we cut the line set is inside, you know, right next to the indoor unit. So we put the mini pump into an elbow fitting. Those aren't as popular, but, you know, the, the, the most expensive ones have the most versatility because they cost us more to make. Uh, the cheapest ones have the least capabilities, but they cost the, le- you know, the least amount of work. So if you don't have to have all those stuff, you can buy the cheaper one. If you need uh, flexibility and versatility or you just want to have one on the truck, then, you know, you go with the, the, the one I was talking about underneath. Mm-hmm. Yeah, th- those th- when you mount it underneath the bulkier ones, they, I mean, like to, uh, not so appealing to the eye, but they're very, very simple to install and maintain and clean. Uh, I came across a solution a couple months ago when I was installed. I was I'm in the middle of a project which is on hold right now because some other trades and stuff are are kind of catching up. But I needed a solution to rough in piping drain. Uh, network wiring, all that kind of stuff into some Mitsubishi uh, equipment that was going on interior walls. And I'm like, how do I get this piping and drain and all that in the, and then not have it ruined by when the drywaller comes in and the mutter and taper and all that kind of stuff. So I found these these boxes are called rough-in boxes or plastic. They need a little bit of work, I think, in, in, in how they clip and how they hang. They're, they're a little bit kind of wonky, but they, they work when they're used correctly. So basically you mount it on the wall where you think you're, you're basically in the middle of where the, the the head would be. So if you're, let's say your head is to make it simple, 24 inches long in the middle, 12 inches would be the center of your rough in box. And you can actually install your little mini pump right into that box. You can run all your piping in there, your drain in there, the, the flap that flaps down to allow you to run your stuff in there flaps back up and it, it's pins together, not pins, but it sticks together. So when the drywallers come in, all your stuff is protected. And then when you're going to install your head, you flap it back down, you cut that flap off, and it's got like a little channel to install your mini pump and you slide it back in. So I thought it was a very cool idea um, for that application. And it allows you to install your pump directly behind the, uh, the unit. And if you need to service it, obviously, you'd have to pull the head off the wall a little bit. But that's where a product like the 
the um, the mighty bracket would come in. You utilize the mighty bracket, and then you yank the thing off the wall to get in behind it, and then you can you can service that pump. So I don't know if you've seen that product, but it, it was I found it when I was searching some ideas on how I'm going to do my rough in. And I used it on 10 heads. Um, I haven't gone back to see what the finished product looks like with the drywall around it yet, but I'm hoping that the drywallers, the framers, whoever didn't ruin <laughs> ruin the box. But I mean, this is kind of where I'm at right now with it. Have you heard of that product at all? Yeah, very familiar with it. I'm good friends with the guy who invented it. He's uh, okay, cool. a great, uh, great man who's had a lot of good influence on helping us uh, bring ductless accessories into the us and canada awesome and uh you know he's he's saying that uh it's been tougher to introduce than he would like but that's just uh, part of what we're doing now is just exposing it you know so people know about it know that it's available it does have to be installed at at the time of installation you know new construction so that kind of limits it a little bit because everything is cost 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 right at new installation time if it's not required but if you know that you're going to be the guy working on that thing, boy, it sure is great to uh, put that in because then you've got uh, makes it quicker to install too. You know, well, your alternative, yeah, I, I know, I know, there's a co- capital cost to that thing being put onto the job. But your alternative is you come back and another trade has ruined your. You, they, they've covered your piping with mud, or they've filled in. Like, who knows what's going to happen when you're not there? So this this kind of helps protect all of your the work that you've done up to that point. And for a very minimal cost, I think they were like 55 bucks my cost. I mean, they're probably cheaper in the US because I'm paying Canadian dollars, but it's a very cheap way to, or I shouldn't say cheap, but inexpensive way to make sure that all your, your piping and stuff is protected. So anyway, it was, it was just an idea that I want to throw out there to the audience if they're looking for a solution on an, uh, like a, an exterior wall, yeah. or sorry, interior yeah, we wall. Should put a link, uh, we should put a link to it. Or yeah, for sure. Way, so, all right. So, I'll give you a uh, last thought on on condensate management, and then we'll wrap this one up. Hey, I mean, uh, there's uh, my message is there are a lot of ways for you to comply with the code, protect your customer, protect your business, and make for a great installation. Keep your customer happy. This is always going to be an issue whenever you're you're cooling air. And so we've got a lot of different products and we're not the only company, but we got a lot of different products to help you address the, you know, to come up with a complete solution. Uh, you got switches for the primary drain line, switches for the secondary port of the primary pan, uh, switches for the edge of the secondary pan, like we talked about, flat uh, sensors for the middle of the pan that you don't have to mount. We got drain line chemicals, drain line preventative. Uh, chemicals. We've got special manual pumps. If you don't have access to electricity in an attic, let's say, or a basement, like it's like a big bicycle pump. Uh, There's just a lot of different products that can help you provide a complete solution and help your business stay out of trouble with water. Mm -hmm. Cool. And do you do any webinars on this kind of stuff? Because I know that you do webinars on surge protection and all that, right? Yeah. The same uh, gentleman who you worked with uh, for surge protection, uh, he he and one other fellow, we have one guy who specializes in ductless products. And then the guy who you work with for search protection, Jerry Myron, he also is a trainer. So we've got a lot of content available for training uh, that we can link to on your website. Uh, they can come and get help 
you know, either recorded or live where we have uh, this sort of thing, conversation, question, answer stuff going on. And then we have uh, people like me who just call and want to want to help out in the field, you know. So uh, every single product that we make on the package, it has a toll free phone number on it. Every single one it has our website, too, of course. Uh, and so for people who don't like to, to call live on the phone for help, you could call and get our tech services guys, talk to somebody. They'll help you out. You know, we've got people uh, uh, working on the phone live. And then, of course, the, the website has all kind of stuff, recorded stuff, and then scheduled webinars that are free. Awesome. Perfect. Love it. Okay. On that note, uh, guys, keep your, uh, keep your customers dry. <laughs> Thanks, Gary. So I think we can understand why condensate management is important and why we need to do it in an efficient and, and safe manner so we're not causing any issues and damage to somebody's home, building, property, etc. Now, I think we talked about oh, some ways we can do this, why we should do it, and some ways we can mitigate damage by using safety pans and stuff like that. So anyway, thank you, Sean, very much for getting on the podcast. I hope you guys learned a ton here. I did. And once again, thank you to the Master Group. I'm out. Happy HVACing. Hope you enjoyed the show. Follow HVAC Know It All on Instagram. Facebook, YouTube, TikTok, Twitter, LinkedIn, and anywhere else Gary feels like popping up. This has been a Two Smokes and a Coffee production.